Hi, I'm Tom Marks with the Marks Law Firm in Orlando, Florida, and welcome to the Healthy Family Law Attorney. Today we have what I think of as an expert, uh, Tom Rogers, in the area of estate planning and asset protection. So Tom is not only an estate planning attorney, but he's also uh, a CPA. So he knows the tax laws. He can apply that in situations where clients need that in asset protection or, or estate planning. So Tom founded Sweetwater Law Offices uh, up in Longwood, Florida, uh, does asset protection and charitable planning. Uh, he's been um, in business since 1981. That's before I started practicing law, Tom, sorry. Um, he also um, is an author uh, and he's part of a, a nationwide group of professionals that collectively combine their expertise to design asset protection and wealth preservation plans. So Tom, welcome to the channel. How are you today? Doing fine. Well, good. Uh, tell us just a little bit about yourself personally. Well, um, I'm a planner and I've been doing this first as a CPA and then I became an attorney and my wife works with me and between the two of us, who knows we can be dangerous at times when we put our minds together. She's a lot smarter than I am and always will be. I've got a daughter who's over in Scotland and my two favorite pups, Sophie and Sadie. Yeah, they're golden retrievers, right? Correct. Right. Well, yeah, and I love dogs. I have a boxer, and he is my uh, seventh boxer. I've had boxers my whole life. So, animal lovers, we're, we are uh, we're good people, right? Good. So, okay, Tom, let's jump in. Um, so, I'm a family law attorney. You're an estate planning asset protection attorney. What are some of the documents that family law clients maybe don't realize they need to change when uh, they're going through a divorce or maybe after the divorce? Well, I think one of the primary documents that family law attorney may not look at that closely as a trust. So anyways, uh, there are different types of trusts. Um, for example, there are what is known as a grantor trust which for tax purposes allows someone to pay the taxes for another person who benefits from that trust. And quite frankly, that can be very damaging to somebody who doesn't realize this when they're going through a divorce because if they're the payer and the maker of that trust, the chances are that they're going to end up continuing to have to pay the taxes on property that they have given away to an ex-spouse. So this is a relatively new thing in the law that uh, you have to kind of look out for. The other area that I think that people probably don't look at that often is beneficiary designations. Um, there's retirement accounts, IRA accounts, 403Bs, 457s, you name it. Um, there's life insurance policies, so the beneficiary designations need to be looked at very closely. Otherwise, your property could end up going to somebody that you didn't necessarily anticipate would get it. Right. Absolutely. I mean, that's so important for family law clients to be aware of that when you get a divorce, 
you may not want to keep your former spouse on as a beneficiary of uh, life insurance or um, an IRA or whatever. So uh, that's important stuff to know. That's good. So, uh, Tom, tell us how you as an estate planning attorney come alongside the family law attorney to help uh, family law clients going through a divorce. Well, I, I think the best way that we can help is to review who actually owns the property and, and how the property is owned. And that may sound relatively simple, but there's a lot of different ways that property can be owned. It can be owned jointly. It can be owned jointly with right of survivorship. In some states like Florida, it could be owned tenancy by entireties. It could be payable on death. Um, a lot of that is important with respect to whether during life somebody can attach your property. It may be a bank account. It could be a money market account. It could be a CD, a brokerage account, an annuity, a retirement account. You name it. How something is owned is extremely important. Uh, obviously, reviewing trusts, like we said before, there's different types of trusts and there's different jurisdictions and there's benefits and detriments. And if a trust isn't done correctly, maybe it needs to be changed. So you may have to look into the document to see if there's a trust protector provision that allows you to change it, or maybe you need to decant the trust. But those are the kind of things that I'm not sure that the family law attorney would be looking at as closely as somebody who does estate planning. Right. Um, right. That's important, Tom. And let's think about um, folks that are married. They're getting a divorce. They may already have uh, wills, trusts, um, powers of attorney, whatever. But when they get divorced, that will, that husband and wife will, um, by operation of law, is no longer effective, right? So how do you come along and help the family client make sure that they're going to pass on uh, the assets of the state uh, the way they really want it to be when time comes? Well, one of the ways, you know, that we can help is to make sure that the documents are drafted the way you really want them. Now, generally when people draft documents, they may say that they wanted to go to their spouse and then they name their spouse. But what if they were to put in the document, I wanted to go to the spouse or the person that I'm currently married to. If they weren't married to somebody, then that person wouldn't get something. It may, may not you know, look that good on paper when you first read it, but in the long run, it may be beneficial. And considering how many divorces there are, it might be a wise thing to do. Um, educating people on the tax ramifications of the law is extremely important. There's changes all the time. Used to be that you could um, negotiate on the dependency of the child. Today, that's, that's not available like it once was. Um, we used to be able to write off tax advice as a miscellaneous itemized deduction. That's no longer available. 
So establishing a trust is important because it, it, it really does something for you during life. Most people, if they have any estate planning documents at all, it's a will, but a will doesn't become effective until their death. And a trust properly drafted can be a very protective document. And if somebody's involved in a business, maybe they create an LLC. Uh, an LLC can separate property so that if there's some problems with certain properties, we kind of let that one go, but we keep all the rest of our property. So there's a lot of things that we can do to protect property and we can do it in advance. And then if there's a problem down the road, uh, we don't have it uh, you know, work against us. Well, I know that you approach um, the practice a lot in way. And I think there's a huge benefit uh, by the fact that you are a CPA as well as an estate planning attorney. I would think that most estate planning attorneys are not also CPAs, so you have that uh, combined knowledge that provides a, a tremendous help to clients. And uh, I believe families matter, and I want to provide hope and help to families going through the divorce process, navigate it in a, a successful and a healthy way. So. I think that's really a benefit that you can come alongside the family law attorney, family law client and help that out. So with that strategic thinking that you employ, I know you do a pre-planning process as well as a post-planning process for the client. Tell us what that's about. Well, it, it's interesting having an accounting background when I I've always done is crunch numbers. And so when we sit down with clients, one of the first things we do after we find out what their goals are is we ask them for all of their ownership documents, the titles to their cars, the deeds to their houses, their tax returns, you name it. We review all of it in advance. We spread it out on an Excel spreadsheet so that we understand what it is that we have, we make certain recommendations, but then we actually draw out on a PowerPoint presentation, we diagram the design of their estate and we show all the property that they own and how it goes into a trust or how it's owned jointly or whether it's in a retirement account so that people can actually visualize what it is, you know, that is going on rather than trying to read hundreds of pages. And then when we draft documents, we, we include clauses that uh, deal with uh, what happens if somebody predeceases the other and there's a remarriage. And in order to help the survivor protect the property from the first marriage, we add remarriage restrictions in there to make it easier on them if they want to enter into a nuptial agreement with the replacement spouse. So there's a lot of things that can be done um, in the premarital agreements. You can you can work out arrangements where you can um, obligate the personal representative to file a estate tax return, which generally isn't due, but in order to preserve the um, deceased spouse's unused exemption which right now is worth $10,700,000, though it may change with the current administration down somewhat, but it changes all the time. But whatever it is at the time, it's important to be able to make sure that you protect that 
and it could be a very good bargaining chip for someone who comes into the marriage that really doesn't have a whole lot in the way of assets, but they don't realize that this is a real asset that they could use as a bargaining chip. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think um, I think that's really helpful to, like you said, map it out with a PowerPoint or on a spreadsheet so the client can see it visually. It's very helpful. All right, Tom, it's time for your healthy tip. I always ask uh, my, my interviewee, do you have a healthy tip for our viewers? Well, this one's probably going to surprise you, but the less control that you have over property, the better the chance is that you're going to be able to retain it, regardless of who comes after it. You know, you don't need to, to own property. All you need to do is to be able to use it and enjoy it while you're here on this earth. So that's the first thing I would say. The other thing I would say is that if, if you're going through any kind of planning situation or a bad time in your life, you know, get your professionals together, work together. It's imperative that the, the um, professionals work together when the negotiations are taking place. It's, it's too late to do your estate planning after the divorce, if there is one, is over. You need to do it while you're going through so that you can properly have the proper settlement agreement drafted in accordance with what your needs are. All right. Well, Tom, thank you for that. Um, if our audience has enjoyed this today, if you have uh, liked it, hit that like button or uh, would love it if you subscribe to the channel, hit that bell icon so you don't miss any future videos. Uh, I love bringing types of experts. Tom has practiced law for how many years is it, Tom? Well, since 1977. So how many is that? That's a long time. Wow. Yeah. What is that? 45 plus years, I think. Um, okay. Well, uh, Tom, thanks for being on the channel today. Uh, appreciate your, your expertise. Thank you for having me. All right. All right. So we'll see you next time. Thanks so much.